0: Thanks for pressing play. You're listening to the Brody Windsor Group on real estate, the podcast for homeowners seeking guidance and support on everything related to owning a home. This includes much more than just buying or selling. We've got you covered for everything from mortgages and financing to home maintenance tips, renovation and design advice, and of course, the latest insights and analysis on what's happening in our local communities. So, Shawnee, we finally finally got here. First episode of the BW Group podcast. Hard to believe. It's only been like six months in the making. Absolutely. Absolutely. All fired up. There's a, uh, there's a ton of things to talk about. Um, why don't we first start off with sort of why are we doing this thing in the first place? Why are we doing the podcast? Yeah. Great question. Um, I think we've been intentional about trying to produce some content for our audience. That would be our past clients, those in our community, uh, anyone that as a current client that we're working with, uh, trying to educate people around real estate, empower them to make good decisions. Um, and I think the podcast is a natural progression from what we sort of began when we started the BW group, which was, uh, the traditional sort of forms of content creation, right? We were doing blog posts, we were doing Facebook posts, Instagram. And then during COVID, I think that's when things really started, right? So our industry was shut down for a few weeks and we decided it was a great opportunity since we couldn't show any homes or sell any properties to double down and create some great content for the audience, for our audience. And so how do we do that? Well, I think um, one thing was uh, I sort of asked you, you know, sort of what are the questions that you get most often? From clients, because I think you started this thing almost intuitively, where you had this Rolodex of of people, experts, tradespeople, what have you, and your clients would keep calling you long after they you know bought their home, right? Hey, Sean, I got this issue, I got this problem. Do you, do you know a guy, right? And you had your phone was like your Rolodex. Oh yeah, here, try calling this guy. Try and call that guy. And so I think we sat down and we we went into the tank and we said. What are the topics that people are constantly asking us about? And let's, let's give them that information. Yeah, and I think another good uh, point to make in regards to that is, yes, my Rolodex of 20 plus years was extensive, but I also realized I would often get contacted by a past client who did something in regards to their home, a renovation. They had a problem. And they would always say, well, I didn't want to bother you so I didn't call you. I know you're busy. Um, but I, I went around myself and I found a plumber an electrician and I had a contractor come in and I had a horrible experience. How many times have we heard that time and time again? So, um, it was, it was about how do we communicate to our clients that we want to help them, that it, it makes their life easier and it makes our life easier as their real estate professional. That when it does come to time that they want to sell their home, that they've done things properly, that they have the proper contractors, that they've got the proper receipts, that whatever work they've done has been done. Um, and and so it just saves everybody, all those headaches. So I think, um, that was part of us. That was kind of my light bulb moment was to say, you know, people are, people are often worried about reaching out, but how about when it was your idea, why don't we give this information to people? Um, and package it so that they realize that it's a service we're offering. This is part of the experience of being a BW Group client, active client, past client, even people who haven't been a client yet, who are um, appreciating the content, appreciating the information. We're educating them. And um, and so we thought up this this club, right? The, the Home- Homeowners Advisory Club. I think you coined, coined the title for it. It made sense. And it, and it was you, before you got into real estate and joined me, I had been your realtor. You had gone through this experience, you and your wife with your own home. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experiences as a homeowner for how many years until you got into real estate from when you earned your, when you, from when you bought your first home until you became a realtor. Was it, what was the, what was the span of them? probably 14, 14 15 years. years. Yeah. Where again, um, exposed to real estate obviously through the family and hearing all about it um, but not really understanding what was required from a maintenance uh perspective what renovations would add value versus you know just something that we wanted to do for ourselves and i was constantly you know sort of, sean what should i do about this and again i was just like your clients i didn't want to sort of be a pain in the ass and keep asking you these questions but I was, you know, not that savvy about it, right? And we made a lot of mistakes ourselves, you know, hiring contractors, just that, you know, a, a handyman guy trying to go on the cheap and <laughs> ended up costing way more than than it should have, and it was frustrating. It was frustrating not knowing what you should be doing and when you should be doing. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, from my perspective, when I saw what you were doing intuitively but hadn't really packaged it and systematized it in a way that was easy for people to access and to understand i I thought there's an opportunity here there's there's a problem that's hiding in plain sight absolutely i agree with you 100 and right away we started to think about okay so how can we go about creating something for our clients for homeowners right here in our community That sort of streamlines the process a little bit. And I was apprehensive at the beginning, right? Yeah, definitely. you were like, no, 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 we don't want to get into this. The last thing you want to do is recommend tradespeople, and then they do a terrible job and it's coming back on us. Exactly. Because that's been my experience and it's very difficult to, on an ongoing basis, to put your name behind somebody who you're recommending as a service provider. Because I think, uh, I've had it even as a, a real estate professional and I've, I've recommended service providers and referred them a lot of business and never asked for anything in return, but then it comes time that I need help in my own home and I've often had a bad experience. So that was my apprehension, I think in getting behind this program. Uh, and I think we kind of, uh, we know that we know that it's not going to be perfect. But I think the response to it and the experience since we began this club, the Homeowners Advisory Club, has been very well received. And of course, you put the asterisks there, you let people know it's nothing's going to be perfect when you're dealing with tradespeople. Tradespeople are typically very good at what they do, they're typically not the best business people in terms of their systems, in terms of their organization. You know, you see some of them out there that have it very well systematized. They have schedules, admin, they have uh, technology that they're leveraging. And some guys are literally just working off their own phone. Uh, they're working during the day, trying to return messages at night. And that's when you kind of run into issues where they don't get back to clients in a timely fashion and the service suffers. And so if we're referring those kind of people, it refers, it, you know, it reflects badly on us. So that was my apprehension. But um, why don't you talk a little bit about how did we um, decide to start to go through vetting people for the club. Yeah. I like, as you, as you mentioned, that was the biggest challenge, right? How are we going to do this? And, uh, we started off by, you know, just focusing on the key tradespeople that we were referring and recommending on a regular basis who got to know, like, and trust us and vice versa. And those are the guys we sat down with and had conversations and said, look, um, you know. We want to we want you guys to be a part of this homeowner advisory club program but you're going to have to provide the level of service that we would expect um you know our members to uh to get and so there has to be sort of a give and take down and it's almost like we're it's it's been a work in progress probably over the last two and a half years right of educating the tradespeople as well as to you know how to go about um you know, quoting and how they go about communicating with, with customers in such a way that the experience is, is a good one. Yeah. So that's been the biggest challenge. But when we sit down and we meet with these guys and we show them what we're doing, the smart ones realize right away, they're like, wow, okay. These guys are out there giving me word of mouth, uh, warm referrals in the, in the West Island community. You know, these are probably ideal clients for me. So do I want to focus my energy on that? and potentially build relationships with these homeowners over time. Like for example, the roofer who I called and said, can you come and just do an inspection, you know, uh, twice a year, just come and see before the winter. Is everything okay? Is my flashing right? You know, if there's any things I need to shingles, I need to repair. To avoid the emergency calls where they're overwhelmed and that's when you're not getting a call back because he's busy with a uh, hundred other emergencies all happening at once. And so. Those guys said, well, yeah, that makes sense. If I'm doing a couple of maintenance calls a year, it's not a lot of time for me. It's not a lot of effort, but I'm building trust and, and a relationship with that client. So guess who they're gonna call when the roof is in need of a complete replacement. And I think this is the whole concept of um, you know, the Homeowner Advisory Club. Yeah. And I think that's the same feedback we get from people who aren't uh, in our within our network, At the moment, they aren't our existing clients. They haven't worked with us. They don't know how we sort of our philosophy around real estate, sort of advising people very, uh, very different from the sort of typical real estate model, right? Where it's transactional, you come in, you're, you, a real estate person, professional tends to get called in right when someone's ready to buy or sell. And then the transaction happens, they move into the house and they don't typically have any further communication with a real estate professional, a broker until again, five, seven, eight, 10, 20 years down the road, it comes time to sell or buy again. So I think we realized early, I did very early in my career that, um, you're really going to be positioning yourself as different if you're able, willing and, and, and giving of your time to help people in between those transactions. And, uh, and so when we started to market the homeowner advisory club to people who didn't know us, and then they would, they would sort of uh, see the marketing and they would contact us and say, oh, you know, I'm very interested in this homeowner's advisory club, but what's the catch? Like, why are you guys doing this? And really there's, there's no cost to it. Like, please explain that. And so it, I always chuckled because, you know, you'd sit down with them and you'd go through the program and you'd explain what the program is. Right. So, We're here to help and advise you we'll come over to your house we'll give you advice on renovations uh that's probably the biggest one we get right the most that's the most sought after advice is what should i be doing if i'm thinking of doing some renovations what renovations are worth doing and will give me a return on that investment and what renovations are not worth doing or might be a waste of time and then of course our response is well that depends how long do you plan to stay on the house? Are you doing this renovations uh, this renovation for you to enjoy with your family? Or are you just doing it in the hopes of increasing the value of your home to sell? And so you start to chat with them about this program. And you say, well, we have a list of service providers. We have good people that we can refer to you. And then the, the light bulb goes off in their head and they say, oh, I get it. So you're not charging me for this. Love the program. There's great value to me. And I, and I guess you're hoping that when I do come to buy or sell my home or when I, one of my kids needs to buy or sell, I'll probably call you guys, right? And then, you know, you smile and you say, well, we, we hope that you would, but there's no, there's no um, commitment. There's no uh, cost to it. And it's simply us just wanting to help the, help, help the community. So you just reminded me of a great example of that. It was, it was right at the beginning when we first, you know, tried to launch this thing. And one of our first calls was from a buddy of mine, you know, Mike Downey, you remember, remember Mike sure. and Catherine? Yeah. And they were going through that exact situation is they were contemplating, does it make sense for us to stay where we are and do a renovation to get what we really want that, that was missing in our home? Or is it better for us to, to sell and, and find something that has what we want? And I think they were planning something rather major, right? So this was an extension. So this was instead of upsizing to a bigger home, do we stay and extend over the garage and blow out the back of the house and do, so yeah, I get it. Yeah. It was a big major, uh, kitchen renovation and blowing up the back and, and, uh, you know, son of Brock from less design. She was involved in doing, uh, the design, the plan. So he had this budget there and he just wanted to know, does this make sense? From a return on investment standpoint, and to your point, it was like, we asked those questions, well, how long are you planning to stay? And then we we're able to give him a, a sort of a game plan and a roadmap to say, it makes sense or it doesn't make sense. And they decided it didn't make sense and they went ahead with it. And I think they're, they're super happy with it. Yeah. Know. yeah. We get that a lot. That was a big, big thing during COVID when people spent so much time at home, they suddenly realized they needed to either reconfigure or enlarge their home to get what they wanted. And so, um, a lot of advice say eh, during that period, people that right. were thinking of, of either selling and buying. And at that point there was nothing on the market. So trying to buy something was a very daunting task. Um, you would do well when you were selling, but trying to buy was next to impossible. So upsizers tended, so we saw a lot of big, big extensions and renovations. Um, so it brings me back to the point now is like, again, why are we doing this podcast? Why podcast versus what we started doing during, uh, the, the pandemic, uh, with our YouTube uh, videos we, we were doing sort of educational content um, as well as our our property videos more for for marketing homes and giving a, a more you know a personalized tour of, of the homes but the podcast I think provides uh, a medium where we can have really unfiltered and unedited conversations with some real interesting people absolutely I think uh both you and I have become um, consumers of, of podcasts. Um, so, you know, as, as time consuming as it is to, to put this whole production together, we finally got here. And I think it's, uh, I think like you said, it's a chance for us to be a little bit more in depth, longer form content. Um, and so the plan is to, um, really bring value to the audience. So I'm really excited to bring some cool guests on. Yeah. So all the kind of professionals that are, um, that we lean on all the time and that our clients lean on. So things like, uh, legal professionals, so notaries, of course, so much to talk about on that front, things like hidden defects and the importance of having a will and dealing with aging parents and mandates of incapacity, which we're going through in our, uh, our family right now with my wife, Kim and her father and all those sort of things around the legal. Then you've got, you know, I'm excited to have some really great contractors on to talk about things to do with extensions and renovations and things to think about. People often don't do the proper due diligence and homework because I just think they're not educated. So educating the public on on how that whole system works with city permits and, and uh, doing extensions to a home and adding value that way. Is it worth doing? Is it, is it not? And, and who else, Scott? We've got, well, I mean, it's, you've got mortgage specialists and mortgage brokers, and that's a huge part of the whole process too, because it's not just when you're purchasing, um, it could also be in terms of refinancing. It could be looking at, um, have you got the best product for your situation? And uh, our friend, Keith Matthews, uh, at Twilight Matthews, you know, he's been talking about that Well, having a, a holistic view of your whole uh, financial picture and obviously your home, it plays a big role in that. So all the things that are, that are incorporated in that we're gonna, we're gonna invite some cool guests on to talk about everything about that. Yeah. And then designers, I think, uh, interior design is a huge trend right now. Um, I think people, uh, even more so, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a top of mind thing for homeowners probably for since I've been in the business, but I think ever since, since the pandemic. People have been even more focused on making their home uh, a multi-use space. So how many times do we hear now? Like what's one of the number one things people need? I need a main floor home office. You know, and often that fourth bedroom upstairs, if people don't have three kids becomes a secondary office. So both people tend to have a hybrid working situation or working from home full time. So how do we look at using our space when we're doing um, that type of hybrid work situation or fully working from home? So from a design perspective, I think there's a lot of interesting things to look at, um, and then you've got things like the, the day-to-day maintenance, right? That's something that we see all the time. Somebody calls us to sell their home, we do a, we do what we have in the, the the house inspected to see what are the warts, what are the issues that could come up that could derail a, a sale, and inevitably, how many times do we see almost on in every occasion there's some sort of maintenance issue that. Had it been dealt with earlier on, would have been a much smaller problem, much less expensive problem. Um, so I think we'll talk a little bit about seasonal maintenance. And that's, uh, it's like, you know, we take our car in to have uh, the oil changed regularly. How often do we go up into our attic and inspect what's going on up there or have the electrical panel looked at or check out our plumbing and all these sorts of things around home maintenance. And then I would love to get into some of the other stuff around, um, you know, Canadian real estate and some of the challenges that are going on right now. Uh, we hear a lot in the media about the lack of inventory about the challenges for, um, you know, we, we have the lowest number of uh, homes, I think in G7, um, per capita, so how are we going to overcome that challenge? Um, how are cities dealing with it? Are we going to keep building up and building more condos? Um, are we going to open up some regulations? Is the province, is the federal government going to get involved and allow uh, some of the red tape to be peeled back a little bit so that it's a little bit easier for for developers to build more homes? Because let's face it, we do need more homes. Um, the problem with uh, rising prices and low inventory isn't going anywhere. It's been bubbling for 10 years now. So I think that's another interesting topic. Um, so lots to discuss. It's going to be a really fun thing to do this podcast um, and hope that, you know, you guys out there enjoy the content and um, get some value from it. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. I mean, it's not just about the transaction of buying and selling. There's so much more around that. And we touched on it earlier, right? Where traditionally when people think of uh, real estate professionals, they think of someone who's helping them with the transaction. And yet you, you see the, the technology is moving in a direction where, um, the information is going to be readily available, right? We've, We've seen what's happened with the Zillows and the and the things like that and the push towards making uh, real estate data accessible to the general public and that probably has you know a lot of realtors uh, afraid because they think that that's the value that they bring which is providing the information but I think there's uh, something much more valuable than that which is the context around that information and how you interpret it and, and it's that that's ongoing advice that's personalized to your unique situation. And we always use the analogy of, you know, you've got a wealth management advisor who's helping you plan for the future. They, they get to know you intimately. They know what's your situation, your family, uh, your finances, your hopes and dreams, where you want to be in 10, 15, 20 years versus a stockbroker who's there to fill out a transaction for you and help you buy a stock. But they're not. Looking at it from a holistic perspective, and I think that's really what uh, people need right now more than ever because it's becoming more and more complex. I don't, degree. agree? Yeah, it's a great analogy, stockbroker versus advisor. You you always use that term, uh, you know, uh, advisor, and, and I think it 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 uh, it sort of encapsulates what encapsulates what we're trying to do pretty well. Is we want to be there with people through the long term. I think we've been fortunate in that's been uh sort of my philosophy since I've been in the business and it's it's worked very well. As you know, the majority of our business is either repeat clients or referrals from our past clients. And I think that speaks to the fact that we uh, were more advisors rather than transactional brokers. And um yeah, so I think that that it's a natural progression was the homeowner advisory club, that, And uh so the, the reaction to it's been very positive. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the combination of the advice and information for homeowners not looking to move combined with the uh, analysis and uh, of what's the current real estate market doing and, and keeping people up to date on that because it's changing so rapidly so quickly. Um, I think even pe- people who are not looking to buy and sell, Are very interested in what's happened and what's going on because you we go to the gym together we get asked all the time hey what's going on what's happening with the market did you did you hear about this what what there's a there's still a shortage of of inventory out there and people want to know they're they're interested in it i think it's really important uh that's a great point in terms of the questions you get about the market generally people that aren't sort of in the market in the industry like we are they see what what comes up on the news, right? What grabs headlines. It's often very sensational and, and what you're hearing about the market on a national level, whether it national, provincially, even if you look at the stats for Montreal as a whole, there are these tiny micro markets, right? Right. And so here we are in the West Island of Montreal serving our local community where we both uh, work and live and it's very nuanced. So I think being able to interpret uh, that information and give people a little bit more of an insider view of what's happening in their particular community is going to be interesting. And I think that's something that we'll uh, continue to uh, to do. We, we've been doing these stats every quarter for years, uh, looking at it, uh, on the different municipalities in the West Island. So we'll continue to do that and uh, give people some information and it's all about helping people make informed decisions, right? yeah and i think you mentioned a very important piece too which is community right we want to have add that flavor to our um to our podcasts which is getting to know the local community the business owners that that are the life and blood of our economy um you know and getting in and meeting those people and in, and helping people understand what are the um amenities and facilities and recreation that's available in, in each of these communities in which we live because we live here, we work here. Um, and we would like, you know, to let, let people know what's available in these communities. I've mentioned this to a few people, but I've been trying to recruit y- you into the business for a number of years. Uh, you know, you were writing your own, uh, small business in in marketing and sales and consulting, consulting for sales and marketing. And I, I had a lot of, back and forth with you with certain marketing ideas. You helped us with our marketing. And um, I always thought you'd be an amazing addition to the team. I thought you'd be amazing as a, as a real estate broker, um, real estate advisor. So I've been trying to recruit you for a number of years and it was, it was through those conversations uh, that we started to really, I think, discover that we were very aligned on our visions of kind of where I saw where I wanted to go, because I think that the hot business, I think the timing was right too, because I'd been on my own doing my own consulting for about 15 years. And, uh, you know, there's the ups and downs of, of, of being, uh, on your own self-employed and, uh, you know, I was, I was excited about what I had accomplished. And, uh, I think I'd, I brought some great ideas to the table for my clients and helped them be very successful. Um, and then when, when you approached me and started talking about what your vision was and where you wanted to go with real estate. And I think the more we talked about it and the more you saw what I thought was missing from the real estate service or, or industry in general, and what probably prevented me from making that, that move earlier on. The more we, we talked that through, the more, I think we both agreed there was a huge opportunity here, as you said, to do something different, to, make, have to take a different approach to this um, that would align with my sort of values as being more of an advisor, even though you had done that intuitively, the general perception of, of real estate was very transactional. And I think we both agree that was something we wanted to try and change. Maybe you could, you could explain why you resisted joining for so long. Uh, I think there was two reasons, um, because I still saw it as being very transactional, it was focused on, on, on sales in general, uh, even though you guys really went past the transaction in helping clients. But again, it it was, it wasn't systematized that way. It wasn't packaged that way. And, and what I always believed is, um. It's the problem that is the most important. You market the problem first. If you make people see a problem that they didn't realize existed, then there's no selling involved, you are helping them to solve the problem. And so identifying those problems, uh, was where I, I felt the, the marketing needed to, to go where, and that was missing. It was mostly, you know, trying to sell yourself as a realtor, trying to compare yourself why you're better than other realtors versus taking the competition completely off the table and forcing people to make a choice, not a comparison. They're making a choice between uh, an experience that they want to have versus someone helping them complete a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different, right? Right. And so I think you you, you saw your light bulb went off. I saw on with you as well. And you said, Holy shit I think you gotta you gotta get your license and join us we could we could do something real special here, and I think that's that's when that's when it was and i said I, I think there is I think there's something we can do here so I went to signed up for the course with uh, with Megan because she was at that crossroads too where you know she was working as a paralegal, not too in you know enthused with with where that career was heading yeah wasn't as passionate about it as she thought she might be and Sort of saw, thought, wow, I see my dad, you know, helping people. And that's really what I think fires her up too. And so we said, let's, let's go do our course together. And of, of course we couldn't do it in person. It was all online. And I think maybe he was working. She was, she I was working full time and doing it at night. It crazy. So I sort of, sort of rolled back my consulting practice while I was doing the course, uh, which was quite tough as well. Like, right? so there was. It was a big leap of faith for me to say, you know, am I going to be able to do this and be a rookie at 48 years old (laughs) and and start a new career? But I think that joining you and the the reputation that you that you built up and just me bringing what I could bring to the table, yeah, I think was going to do something. It would it would really be a lot easier for me to do that. Yeah, I think I was really drawn to the idea of, of, um, getting away from, uh, sort of what I call the chaos agent syndrome Mm -hmm. where you're very reactive, you know, your phone rings, you drop everything, you're running out the door, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. You don't have a very good family life because you're working crazy hours, seven days a week and evenings. And I did that for many, many years and nearly burned out completely as a result. So I think it was the light bulb moment of deciding uh, when I started to investigate sort of business coaching and you started firing books all over my way for me to read. And that's when I started to realize that this can actually be systematized and you can leverage uh, help. Uh, that's when we, I reached out and I hired Amanda as my executive assistant. Um, and that just completely changed my business. Uh, I, I, you know, I went from, from being pretty unhappy and nearly burned out, stressed all the time to being able to deliver much better service, being a much better, uh, husband, father, brother, whatever it may be, because I was much happier in what I was doing. I was doing what I enjoyed. So that was big was a, was sort of hiring somebody to help with the things that I was weak at, that I didn't enjoy and focusing on the things that I really did enjoy, which was the sales aspect of it, dealing with people, um, helping people. So that was, uh, I think when you sort of saw that that's the direction we were going, as well as layering in the, uh, you know, your, your influence in terms of doing things different, changing the industry, if you will. I think that's when the, the two of us sort of, uh, decided that it had to happen. Yeah. And I think the, the team that we're building now, uh, we're both so excited and fired up about, uh, you know, the future because the, the, the whole mindset and philosophy, like you said, is we're on a mission here to, to really help people. And it's not about transactions. Transactions will come if we're not even focused on it, I think that's been a big change for us too, is mm-hmm. there's no fear anymore. There's no fear that there's not going to be another sale. There's not going to be another listing. And as soon as we, we shifted that mindset, we have had our best year ever to bet and things, things start happening. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, this, uh, this podcast is going to be a way for us to, uh, you know, uh, help people, uh, inform people, have some great conversations with some really interesting people from all different walks of life um, around here in uh, in our community. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it and tune in and and give us feedback. Let us know things you want us to touch on or that you want to hear about, and guests you want to have on. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Awesome. Cheers, off oh, Cheers. Can we find...